to Horrorculture Trash Show, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Happy Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th, everyone. It's been a while, isn't it? Few and far between, aren't mm. they? Uh, but yes, we're still making our way through the Friday the 13th franchise. We briefly interrupt Japanuary for it. Oh. We can't miss out on an opportunity because, I mean, we're already going to be taking forever to discuss the whole franchise as it is, let alone the break. Yes, yeah. I think it finishes in like 2035 or something, doesn't it? Oh. Uh, something silly something like along that. those lines. Um, well, I mean, if we keep having two a year, we can, we'll, you know, we'll get yes, there. Yes, yes. We'll There's 12 films. We're now, with this episode, we are officially halfway through the franchise. Yeah. Currently. But there is a TV series in development. So you never know, there might be a new film in development at some point. Yeah. There might be. If there's not another Friday the 13th film by the time we finish these episodes, then there's a serious issue with this franchise. It's been on life support for a while, though, hasn't it? Has. It? it has. When was the remake? 2009? Yeah. Wow. We've gone, we went an entire decade without a single Friday the 13th. Yes. First time since the 70s. Did it do well, the remake? I think so. Yeah, I think it did yeah. all right. But we're not here to talk about that. Today we're here to talk about one of the best in the franchise. We're here to talk about part six, Jason Lives. Yes. If you remember last time, it was obviously part five. Yes, you know previously. Previously. Um, yeah, not one of the best received. No. Not one of the better films. But part six, quite a cult following, I think. Wouldn't you say? I, I would say so. I'd say so. Uh, easy to see why. Mm -hmm. This is so much fun. Made the least amount of money out of all of them at the box office. Ooh. Still turned a profit. Including I, seven. I believe. Including seven. Wow. Yeah, this made okay. the least amount of money. Um, very much a case of uh, you guys aren't going to get it, but your kids are going to love it. Yes, but also, I think, as a response to part, part five. five. Yeah, so part five, let's, let's give you a bit of a reminder, uh, just in case you're not listening to these episodes back to back. Um, part five, part four, Jason died. He's actually dead. They don't try and reverse that in this film. He is a corpse. Um, part five was an ambulance driver called Roy Burns. Yes. Getting revenge for a son who got murdered for eating a chocolate bar. Essentially. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I don't, I still don't know what the creators are thinking. But they soon realised what worked and then we had Jason Lives. Yes. Written and directed by Tom McLaughlin. Who directed One Dark Night? Shit. I know that was shit, wasn't it? Date with an Angel. Sometimes they come back. The Unsaid. Odd Girl Out. A Very Married Christmas. A Different Kind of Christmas. Oh. Leave of Absence. The Yarn Princess. Murder of Innocence. And Yarn more. Princess. Yeah. Yarn. Uh, he was actually offered the chance to direct Scream in the mid 90s. Oh. Which obviously Wes Craven took up. Thankfully. He... Praise. I like this, but. Thank you, wow. Wes Craven. Uh, he declined, and he met with Kevin Williamson a few years down the line, who admitted that uh, Part 6 was one of his big influences for Scream. Oh, I see. Again, you can see why. This is very ahead of its time with its humour. Yes. Um, very meta. Tongue firmly in cheek. Yeah. It's a comedy at times. It is. Really. It is. I'm surprised it's not listed as a comedy because yeah. it, it, it really is a horror comedy. 
and, and up there with some of the best as well because it it just completely makes fun of everything that came before it uh, and does it really well as well. Yeah, it's well, got that cool MTV era feeling to it, the same as Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, where you know we've had a few now, we've had a few films, we know what we're doing, and it's not not terribly, it's not a terrible thing to laugh at ourselves. Yeah, we're at kind of the tail end of the slasher film boom. Yeah, that sort of started in in eight. Well, after Halloween, really. Um, so we're kind of at the tail end. So they do start looking more inwards, and yeah. the patterns are there, and mm -hmm. it's ripe for parody. Yeah, uh, it's made on a budget of three million dollars, and it made nineteen point four million at the box office. Okay, so. And that's still the lowest rate. It's still more than I've got in the bank, yeah. so props to you, Mama. So let's talk about who's in the little-known cast. Hey, I know you. Oh, I was expecting. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> uh, Tom Matthews is Tommy Jarvis from Return of the Living Dead 1 and 2, Blood Match, ER, Dynasty, Warpath, Killer Therapy, Crazy Six, Failsafe and more. Uh, aside from Alice, who has a minor role in the second film, as well as starring role in the first, Tommy Jarvis is the only recurring protagonist in the series, but played by three different actors. Oh, very And I know you're thinking, well, what happened to John Shepard? Uh, for anyone who missed the part five episode, he became a born-again Christian, uh, so didn't want to reprise his role. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> cool. And what happened to... The one from part four. Corey Feldman, I'm sure he was too busy at this point. I think he, also, I think he went on to some success. The time jump between uh, Corey Feldman being like eight years old and then John Shepard looking like he's in his 50s. Mm. And now a slight rewind where Tom Matthews looks like he could be, I don't know, late 30s, early 40s. Um, but either way, Corey Feldman was not coming back for this. But weird isn't it 80s slasher franchise male regular protagonist yeah no that is interesting uh, yeah none of but there's always a woman that survives with tommy okay this a, franchise a there's always yeah. a blonde woman who survives with tommy never to be heard of again no and that is a shame because this franchise has some of the best final girls in horror history yes really really underrated Maybe, maybe it's a, a good thing that they don't overdo it. Mm. Like, just, you know. It's, you, it's a shame. You survived. Go and do your thing now. Go and have a nice time I may somewhere have said else, this away on, from Jason. Well, yeah. I may have said this on the Part 5 episode, but I would love to see a team-up film with all the final girls from this franchise. Right. It'd be very white, but, you know. Incredibly, yes. <laughs> But all of them, they've got something about them. Maybe not Jason Takes Manhattan, but the uh, the other ones. Well, she's got something about her. Stephen like the King's Stephen pen. King's pen. Yeah, well, aside from that. but um, Maybe not the Freddy vs. Jason one. Um, oh, I quite like her. She gets proper involved. She, she does get proper involved. She seems involved. very proud. The, the actress. <laughs> forgive me, I, I can't remember her name. She is very involved and very proud of being in Freddy vs. Jason. Isn't she? She is. 
Yeah. Remember when Quentin Tarantino went up to her at the premiere and said, where is it? Where's the line where you say, Freddy versus Jason, place your bets. Where was it in the film? Yeah. <laughs> and I believe every second of that. <laughs> of course, fucking Quentin Tarantino said that. <laughs> I'm wondering where that was. Um, but we can't talk about the final girl in this film. She hasn't actually been in a lot. Um, no. Instead, we're going to move on to Tom Fridley as court. Um, what do you think of Tom Matthews? He's all right. He he tries. He he's a weird one because he could look one of three different ages. It's true. <laughs> so it's hard. Yeah, I feel like he gives the same performance in everything he's in as well. He's, he's very much yeah. playing his Return of the Living Dead character here. He does a good. Yeah, he's which, trying to be more serious, but it isn't working. for It's him. not working, but he does play a good dopey role. Yeah. So it it kind of sticks. Yeah. Be like Austin Butler. Not oh, that's, that's not going to be able to get rid of Tom Matthews still doing his Tommy Jarvis voice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Corey Feldman's pretty much doing his uh, Edgar Frog voice still to this day. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From when he was 15. Um, Tom Fridley is caught. He was in Face Off. Phenomenon. Good friends with John Travolta, clearly. Uh, the Karate Phenomenon? Kid. Phenomenon? Yeah. Where he... Phenomenon. The um, John Travolta film. Is it where he's in a bubble? What? The... Phenomenon? Yeah, how have you not heard of Phenomenon? I've heard of the boy in the bubble. Oh, okay, so that's the one where he's in a bubble. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Might be the one. called the boy in the bubble. What's um, Phenomenon? Okay, I will get you the synopsis of Phenomenon. You'll know the iconic poster. John Travolta film. So it's a romantic fantasy film. Um, oh, I know that poster. With Kara Sedgwick. Oh, okay, Kevin Bacon's wife, Kevin Bacon from Friday the 13th. Yeah, here we go, Six Degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon. There we go. Uh, and a small town everyman is inexplicably transformed into a genius with telekinetic powers. Okay, I remember that poster. Starring Robert Duvall, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> so I feel like that that has been in DVD bargain bins. It's absolutely been in DVD for bargain like bins. like 30 it's, years. Yeah, no, it is available for like yeah. 50p in CX. Okay. Um, I oh. get it mixed up because there's obviously the one where he's in a bubble, there's one where he's the angel, and then there's that one, which I've never knew until now what it was about. So the angel's Michael. It's Michael, yeah. Michael. Yeah. The, the one where he's in the bubble is the boy in the bubble. What a career. What a career. Oh, fuck. Can we turn this into a John Travolta? Hey, I know you. <laughs> You could do that. Uh, Tom Fridley was also in Oive, My Son is Gay. No! <laughs> that is an amazing title. That I really title. want to watch that. Wow. The Karate Kid, Bar Hopping, Mad City, Tonight's the Night, Summer Camp Nightmare, Fantasy Island, the original TV show, um, Iron Eagle, and more. Nice. I feel like uh, Tom Fridley was maybe... No, actually, do you know what? No. We is haven't it? got a prankster one in this film. I was going to say, maybe he was intended to be... No, not really. Well, who did he play, remind me? Court. Court. Court was kind the of... The guy who gets his underwear. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose he was a bit... He was the stonery guy. He didn't get stoned. Well. He didn't do much. He didn't do much, no. Um, He, he did ejaculate too early, though. That's what he did do. Well, apparently, yes. Yeah. Kerry Noonan plays Paula Mott. Uh, she was in The Late Shift, Days of Our Lives, China Beach, The Twilight Zone, Mr. Balvedere, Hot Moves, Family Ties, St. Elsewhere. Oh. 
Uh, unless you have anyone else, I've got Renee Jones as Elizabeth Sissy Baker. Yeah. Who was in Murder, She Wrote. Nice. Also in Days of Our Lives. Yeah. Star Trek, The Next Generation. Right. The Bold nice. and the Beautiful. Nice. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Nice. 21 Jump Street TV show. Wow. Talking Dirty After Dark. Ooh. Forbidden Love. Nice. And more. Wow. Do you have anyone else? No. Yes, I have Tony Goldwyn. So Tony Goldwyn was famous for Ghost. Okay. Um, I feel... I don't know who... We, I haven't seen Ghost. Have you watched Ghost? I haven't, actually. I feel like I should have. I think she was... Uh, he was the bad guy in Ghost. Um, Maybe the one who killed Patrick Swayze. Spoiler alert! How is that a spoiler? Patrick Swayze dies. In Ghost? <laughs> Dickhead. Um, yeah, but he's also known for... Um, Scandal. The... Um, Chandra Rhymes. Okay. Show. Yeah. Is, is he also going to be in Oppenheimer? Oh, I don't know. Do you th oh, yes. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Oh, still acting. He was in the Balco who, wait, experiment. Who did he play in Jason Lives? Jason Lives. The film we're talking about today. Oh, he's the <laughs> the yuppie couple. Oh, okay. The yuppie couple. Okay. Yeah. Which one? The ones that get engaged or the American no, Express ones? The American Express okay, ones. Okay, because the other one, the wife of that couple is the director's wife. Nancy. Yeah. 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 Fun story about Ghost. Um, I wanted to watch Ghost when I was younger. I was desperate to watch Ghost. Uh, and instead of actually letting me watch it, my parents told me what happened. And I don't know if this story is too weird for the podcast. But, you know, as a kid of an imagination, I kind of pictured it all happening in Coventry. Coventry? <laughs> you know, when you just think of the first location you think of. And I thought of Gallagher Retail Park. <laughs> <laughs> During Patrick Swayze's death scene. <laughs> okay. So I feel like I'm going to be disappointed when I watch Ghost and it's not in Coventry. Um, I, I can tell you right now it's not in Coventry. Uh, I, I know, I, I know. I'm bracing myself for the disappointment. <laughs> Is there anyone else? Yeah, uh, Matthew Faison, he plays Stan, who I think is one of the paintballers. Okay. Uh, he was in Mummy Dearest. Nice. Uh, Freddy's Dead. Not so nice. Puppet Master 3. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots of other stuff. For the Boys, the uh, Bette Midler film. But was he in Oy Vey, My Son is Gay? Uh, no. Wow. Then Court is the one winning on this episode. That's true. Should we talk about our feature presentation? <laughs> now we've stretched out random people's filmography. <laughs> now we've spoke about Gallagher Retail Park. <laughs> Oh. They thought the nightmare was dead and buried. They were wrong. Jason lives. Happy Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives. Starts August 1st to the famous players and other theaters near you. Check local listings. So, starting not in not in Calico Retail Park, no. but in um, Forest Green, sometime after the events of the last film, Tommy Jarvis is released from the local hospital for the criminally insane, despite still having hallucinations of the mass murderer Jason Voorhees, whom he killed in part four. Now, do we think the Queen in part five died, Pam? Because mm -hmm. the last thing we saw was 
Tommy Jarvis with a knife and Jason's mask behind her back. Are we supposed to forget about this? Because Friday the 13th is the only franchise where they haven't done that yet. Apart from the remake, they haven't done the whole, oh, no, you need to forget this sequel. There's a requel. They haven't done a requel. So if he murdered her mm. and went to the hospital for the criminally insane, why has he been released? Exactly. Well, he escaped. I don't know. Wait, did I just say he was released? Yeah, he's released. He is released, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think they're pretending part five didn't happen. Yeah, whilst not saying that, though. Whilst not saying it, because the only flashbacks we get are to part four. Part four, yeah. We don't get any other flashbacks. No. So I would say they are pretending part five never happened. They're just assuming everyone forgot it. Or he was in... Because, I mean, the ending of part four would render him, I mean, technically criminally insane. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, you could easily skip part five and yeah, you wouldn't know would still anything sense. happened. Yeah. I mean, the giant leap in age yeah. makes no sense. Yeah. Because what? It's been two years. Uh-huh. Um, well, he's got younger. Like, well, he hasn't got younger than Corey Feldman. No, he's got younger than the fucking last guy, though. Yeah, but Christian. I'm, I'm talking Corey Feldman. Yeah. If you're oh, God, yeah. If you're ignoring that, five, yeah, that, that would... Yeah. It's like a huge yeah. jump in yeah. age. But, I mean, none of these films yeah. ever really cared well, about that. Forrest Green is renamed, is uh, Crystal Lake renamed. Uh, and he's going there to confront his fears alongside his friend, Alan Hawes. The pair... Oh, Alan's, Alan's played by someone we know. Is he? Yeah, Alan Hawes. Uh, Ron Palillo. Okay. And he was uh, on the podcast episode Hellgate. Oh, of he was he in was. Hellgate, wow. famously. Look yes. at him. Uh, the pair visit Jason's grave during a thunderstorm, hoping to cremate the killer's body and finally end Tommy's nightmares. Uh, but after digging up Jason's corpse, Tommy experiences flashbacks of his last encounter with Jason. Um, Tommy! This is... The best opening of any Friday the 13th film, by the way. Like, it's so cheesy. It feels like a monster movie from the 50s. Like, the rain and the thunder, the lightning, and Jason's corpse just looking so over-exaggerated and decomposed. It's great. Yeah, no, it's proper given Universal Monster. There's been some good openings, though. There has. Let's it's, be fair. Yeah. This is my favourite. In though. the... What? Remind me. In the first one, it's the... Um... Hey, uh, we weren't doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> in the second one, it's... The cat getting thrown at Alice. cat getting thrown at Alice. <laughs> in the third one... Ginny! <laughs> oh, it's just a recap. It's a recap it's just part a... two. Yeah, it's, that's not... That doesn't count. Part four is... Is it the hospital? Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. That is a good... Yeah. That's but, quite lengthy, isn't it? But yeah, but, well, we get the opening credits before that, don't we? Do we? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know, part five. Part five was Corey Fabman dream sequence. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, this is up there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he furiously impales Jason's body with a metal fence Excuse post. Excuse me. There's, this film is fucking gay, by the way. This is... <laughs> there is some sexual tension between men in this film. No. Particularly between Tommy and Jason, uh, Jason and Jason <laughs> and the cop. We'll, we'll get to that. Oh God, the sheriff. Um, yeah. So Tommy throws Jason's mask into the coffin. Hilarious, because there's absolutely no reason he needed to do that whatsoever. 
two lightning bolts strike his po the post in his chest and brings Jason back to life as a fucking zombie with superhuman strength. Yes. Now, last episode, I said there's a connection here to a Japanese film. This is that connection. Oh. This is the exact same way that Godzilla is brought back to life in Ibera, Terror of the Deep. Oh, I mean, yeah. scene for scene. Like, when Jason opens his eyes, Godzilla opens his eyes the same way. He is brought back by a pole through the chest, electrocuted by lightning. Exact same. Wow. We could have done this original versus remake. <laughs> I really hope Tom McLaughlin didn't do that by accident. I hope that was on purpose. Yeah. Because it's bringing a monster back to life. Yeah. I mean, technically they're the same. Yeah. You know, beloved character of a franchise that destroys and kills many things. Yes. I do prefer dog peeing. Um, well, yeah. We can't all have a dog pissing on the screen <laughs> back to life like Freddy. But still. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is a great. A I great like connection. The music's giving universal monster. Yeah. Um, Jason kind of lumbering around like Frankenstein's monster as well yeah. to begin with. Yeah, really great. Yeah, and um, the the set designs fantastic as yeah. well. CJ Graham, great Jason, great ass. You know the ass. You know what scene I'm talking about. I do, I do. <laughs> Jason is thick in this one. Um, he <laughs> he kills Hawes by ripping his fucking heart out before putting on his hockey mask. Yes, this is probably. I mean, it's pretty dry, the film. Yeah, this is probably the goriest kill. Yeah. Um, again, this is one that's... This was the start of the MPAA. Well, this and part five. Yeah. Um, both suffered. And part seven and eight suffered the most. Yeah. Uh, but this was cut quite a lot. And if you've got the Blu-ray, you can see the restored uh, gore scenes oh. on the special features. But yeah, they, they did cut a lot out. Surprised they didn't cut this scene because this is fucking graphic. Like, yeah. he just punches right through his chest, rips his heart out. Um, and yeah, the mask is back on. Tommy runs away. And I shit you not, in a bizarre series of events, we zoom into Jason's eye. Jason, with his tight trousers on, walks across the screen and slashes it in the style of James Bond. Yes. <laughs> That's the moment where you know what this film is going for. It's, yeah. I'm surprised they got away with this. Yeah. Because wasn't um, A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, there was a, a like a quad poster. Yeah. Referencing James Bond. Uh -huh. And they got sued for it. So I'm surprised this got through. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit cheesy. I love it. But it's it does so... kind of... It indicates where we are. So camp. This it's, is it's a comedy. It's cheesy in the most eighties way possible. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if I'd watched it at the time, I'd have rolled my eyes. But this is looking back at it now, it's just so fucking funny. Um, and then we get the usual opening credits with the score. The score's great as always. It's that classic Friday the Thirteenth score. Yeah, that, it doesn't change too much, does it? No. Throughout the films, apart from disco. Part three. Where the soundtrack stands out in this film is where the needle drops come in. Because, again, much like Nightmare on Elm Street 4, so 80s. Yes. Yeah. I feel like so many of the songs... I'm assuming 
man, man behind the ice. Man behind the mask. Man behind yeah. the mask has a music video with Jason in it. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I'm ass- I'm assuming so. It's giving that sort of energy, isn't it? The eighties tie-in. It is. Uh, after we get the opening credits, Tommy flees to the sheriff's office, where he attempts to warn the police of Jason's return, only to be arrested and jailed by Sheriff Mike Garris and his superb moustache. Uh, and he's moustache, moustache. I have one. Uh, who is aware of Tommy's uh, institutionali- inst- institutionalization? Um, when he arrives, <laughs> Sheriff Mike Garris is like, "You're in show business, kid. You make quite the entrance." Now, the sexual tension between Sheriff Garris and Tommy, it is, it is high. It is the heat is on. Yeah, I mean, there is something there. It's. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the chat-up lines such as Don't piss me off, Junior, or I'll repaint the office with your brains. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm questioning the word Junior. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you better get some sleep or I'm going to come in there and put you out. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not think Sheriff Garris is giving John Carpenter He is giving John Carpenter, yeah. He does, look Moody. Bit, he does look like John Carpenter. He does. Um, he presumes that Tommy is hallucinating Jason's return and provides some backstory about how Crystal Lake was renamed Forest Green Ooh. so that everyone forget about its history. Ooh, backstory. On the road, camp counsellors uh, Darren Robinson and Elizabeth Mott... <laughs> the thing is, the term camp counsellors <laughs> takes on a different meaning now. <laughs> I feel like just like a really uh, effeminate <laughs> therapist. <laughs> Elizabeth Mott, uh, played by Nancy McLaughlin, she could be she could be a very feminine therapist. Yes, um, they they're getting lost looking for Camp Forest Green, and they discover Jason, uh, who just stands in front of their car, and she says, "I've seen enough horror movies to know a weirdo in a mask is never friendly." Yeah, um, and, very scream. And Darren says, um, when they're lost, she says, well, what do we do? And he says, I say we stop the car, get out and start screaming for help. <laughs> Ironically, not too long after that, they get out of the car and start screaming for help. Yeah. So you know where we're at. Yeah. I, again, Incredible. it's, you know, it's uh, meta, it's self-referential for comedic value. Yeah. You know, these... Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know why it's not classed as a comedy. No, because this is funny. And then you know, Elizabeth offers Jason her American um, yeah. Express so, card. So yeah, Darren suggests they scare him by driving towards him, thinking he'll move, but he still stands there. Uh, gives him a flat tire. So he pulls out a gun, points it at Jason. Elizabeth actually questions how he's got a gun. Something that never happens usually in eighty slasher films yeah. at this point. Everyone just has a gun. Um, <laughs> But he tries to shoot him, but Jason impales him with his big pole, because that's what Jason's in the mood for, this film. Uh, the one that was used to bring him to life. And then kills Lisbeth. who the yeah, pole she, that was used to bring him to life. She tries to bargain with him by offering an American Express card and gets murdered. Jason Voorhees never barters. No, no. He, did, he didn't take the card. It's a well-known fact. Yeah, so obviously, again, it, it's humour at the expense of the yuppie... Yeah. culture uh, at the time that was so prevalent with their American Express cards. Uh, the following morning, Garris's daughter, Megan, a striking blonde with a wild streak, arrives at his station. 
along with her friends Sissy Baker, Court Andrews, and Paula Mott. Yes, Sissy Baker. We do, we do Again, love... I'm, I'm thinking of an effeminate. <laughs> we do love a good sissy on this podcast. <laughs> Hosted by two sissies. Excuse me. <laughs> mask for mask over here. Thank you very much. Um, the four teenagers report Darren and Elizabeth missing. And Tommy warns them about Jason, who is now considered an urban legend. Yes, legend. <laughs> Megan doesn't know whether to believe Tommy, although she does find herself attracted to him. How do we know that? Um, the dialogue. Close, oh. Where she says, well, where she says, don't beat him up too bad, Dad. He's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> what I, She's got a thing for older men. Got for... Um, do you know what energies he, he's given? Oh, what is his name? Oh, Doctor Who. David Tennant? No. Christopher Eccleston? No. Matt Smith? Matt Smith. Do you not Tommy think, Jarvis? Do you not think Tommy Jarvis in this is giving off Matt Smith energy? That kind of look? Maybe, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, pale and structured face. Yeah. Quite, like, jawline, strong jaw. Yeah. But, like, yeah. 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 Um... <laughs> At one point, Sheriff Garris tells Court off for his torn jeans. <laughs> and well, your we're... parents got a sewing machine, kid. We're here. We're <laughs> here somewhere in the middle now, aren't we? We've got the yuppies, and now we've got yeah. the boomer <laughs> who doesn't like torn jeans. <laughs> and then you've got Jason in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, if only Jason could talk. Yeah. I wonder, wonder what he'd have to say about it. Be a yuppie, I feel. Um. Martin, the cemetery caretaker. He's no, he's definitely a boomer. I, I mean, essentially anyone who... Uh... Oh, he's pissed off at anyone who has sex, isn't he? Yeah. Does drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there you go. I love how we've gone from Jason having a purpose. Like, his mum was murdered. He's getting revenge. You could put the other films down to that. Yeah? He goes back to where he was. People are there. He's pissed off. He murders them. Yeah. You know, he was killed himself. He's had a reason. Now she's like, okay, he's a fucking zombie. He doesn't give a shit. He's just killing. <laughs> just killing yeah, for the sake of it. It does. It is a. Well, it's not a strange one. It, it, then bringing Jason back as a zombie. That is a strange one. No, it is strange. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of him not having a purpose for killing anyone. Yeah. He's just this killing machine. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. I suppose after he killed Alice in the second one. He could have just been like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I've got my revenge. <laughs> everyone, everyone else is dead. If everyone keeps staying at his Alice home. Alice is the only person that killed his mum. <laughs> like, I'm done. If everyone kept staying at his home, camping there. So? Like, just fucking get out. Just let, <laughs> leave me in peace. He doesn't even have a home in fucking any of the other films. Walking around my fucking cabin doing handstands. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> fucking Corey Feldman. Fucking... <laughs> The, uh, what's his name? He does the dance in part four. Fucking Crispin Glover dancing in my cabin. What are you doing? Was that even close to his cabin? I don't know. It was all Crystal Lake, weren't it? I, d I, I don't know. We'll have to get him on for an interview and see what he says <laughs> to say for himself. No, it's taken a long break, hasn't he? Um, Martin, the cemetery caretaker of a bottle of whiskey, is fuming about someone digging up Jason and talks to himself about it before breaking the fourth wall and <laughs> looking at the camera. He says... Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. <laughs> I love that. That is that did make me cackle. Because it is, I mean, it's breaking the fourth wall. It's, you know, ironic. 
it's self-referential, yeah. you know, meta, yeah. all that good stuff. Yeah, and I, I really think this, out of all the Friday the 13th films, this is probably the most influential, because when you look at it, you look at Scream. Uh, well, I mean, Chris, it influenced fucking Scream. Yeah, <laughs> but the original influenced Scream. But then you look at, yeah, but not as much as this. I mean, with the meta humour and everything. Yeah, but... Without the original, there wouldn't be this. There yeah, wouldn't I get be that. I get Scream. That. But even when you look at like the Hatchet films from recent years, each and every one of them are like part six. Yeah, you know, I I still think this is the this is one of the main talking points of the franchise that people go back to if they need a reference. This and part four. Okay, not the original. Not as much. Not all Pamela. Not as much. No. I understand it is Pamela in the the original. You look film. at it this way: when you first started getting into horror, and you became aware of Friday the Thirteenth, what was the first thing you thought of? Was it Pamela Voorhees? I mean, technically it was because oh, of okay. Scream, no, but because of Scream. So I yeah. watched Scream. The, the thing in Pam, uh, it, the thing in Scream is that it's Pamela Voorhees in the first film and not Jason, yada, yada, yada. So I watched Friday the 13th. Yeah. I was aware that Jason existed in the sequels. Yeah. I did understand that and did know that. But my first, the first one that I watched was the, was the first, first one. one. Oh, okay. After Scream referenced it. Yeah. And then I was like, well, Jason wears a hockey mask in the others. And then I ended up watching them and being like, oh, okay. Um, these are all pretty much the same film. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> in slightly different clothing. Five, six and seven were the first ones I watched. So that kind of, oh, yeah. Okay. And plus, very much when my interest was peaking in horror, Jason X was released. And then 2003, Freddy vs. Jason was released. Do you know what the big thing about Jason? Oh X no! What am I talking about? No, I... my first horror film I watched in full was Friday the Thirteenth, the original. Yeah. So yeah, I blame the marketing for Jason X. It wasn't that same and everything. The only thing I really knew about Jason X was David Cronenberg was in it. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really know who David Cronenberg was. But <laughs> every every reference I saw at the time, and you know, this is, you know, before the internet really took off. Mm -hmm. Um. Every reference I saw to Jason X was, oh my god, David Cronenberg's in this. Yeah. Slash, somebody gets their head smashed. Yeah. In ice, whatever. Yeah, no, um, Friend of 13th was the first proper horror film I watched and thought the original one. But I was expecting Jason in it because I knew so much about Jason X because the marketing was everywhere for it. Mm. Um, you know, it was such a big deal at the time. But, um... But yeah, no, I remember watching it and thinking, wait a minute, where the fuck's Jason? <laughs> what the fuck is this? And then you're like, yes, Betsy but, I mean, Palmer. Yeah, I, obviously, yeah. it's Huge me Betsy Palmer I love, fan. Hey, I mean, look at the horror fan I am now. But that's born <laughs> yeah. from that being my first horror film. So yeah, can't can't go too wrong with that. Um, but yeah, then after that, I, I kind of just went to five, six and seven. Um, but yeah, what, what was my point? I was getting across. Yeah, influential. Yeah. And, and nowadays... It, it, it's a big talking point that Jason Voorhees is Friday the 13th. Like for yeah, no, absolutely. Past our generation, I mean, the younger generation now, you know, all they're think about is Jason. Yes, I do think that essentially the films are, and, and I mean this with all due respect, because I really enjoy the films. 
and I enjoy the formula. Mm -hmm. I like watching them, so I'm not I'm not being disrespectful to it. But it is kind of the same film yeah, of in course. slightly different clothes. They're very interchangeable. Yeah, and when they try to change it up, it doesn't normally go very well. Yeah, and it's only because <laughs> we've watched the film so many times. Yeah, that we can tell. That I remember the nuances and I remember yeah. the differences. But trust and believe. When I first watched two, two, um, I think it was seven. It took a while to watch eight. I wish I'd never. Um, <laughs> when I watched two to seven, I think they were on, strangely enough, on like an MGM channel. They or... were, and that is where I first saw part seven because yeah. I started the film on the dream sequence where he's killing her mother. Oh, okay. So yeah, I yeah. yeah, I remember it was always on that channel. Yeah, I remember recording them two to seven. And then when I watched two to seven, you could have asked me ten questions. I would never have been able to identify which film because it was all the same thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, let's be honest. I mean, I loved it. I was thoroughly entertained, but I had absolutely no idea which one was Kristen, which one was, you know. I Sissy. mean, that's not even the right franchise. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> which one was, you know? But uh, but another thing. Terry. My point. My point was leading to, and I know this is quite a long tangent, but is the fact that A24 are doing this Pamela Voorhees series. Mm. I'm interested to see what kind of audience that gets. It means there's no Jason. No. And if there is, he'll be a child. Yes. And I'm I'm personally so excited for it because, I mean, go Pamela, you get your moment. Um, But yeah. Yeah, no. I think it's. A, I think there's an interesting story there. I think it's a far more interesting story than the Jason story. Yeah, I think it'll be very serious. I think. I think. You know, are we at the point now if we get a Friday the Thirteenth sequel, mm. an actual sequel to whichever one was the last film? I mean, Freddy versus, Freddy versus Jason. Jason. If we get a direct sequel to that, or the remake, how is it in any way going to be different? Like, yeah. what? What? What is the difference? You know, uh, are you going to take him to New York? No. <laughs> Tried that, failed. Scream 6 better fucking reference the shit out of Jason Takes Manhattan. You know, does anyone even go camping anymore? <laughs> like, is it not all rendered? This is the thing. And th this is ultimately the, the question is if you modernise something like this, you know, something like Scream can be modernised. Yeah. But if you modernise Friday the 13th, like, how are you going to do do that? Mm. Like, camping in the woods. I suppose people well, do still camp. Yeah, but everyone's going to have Wi-Fi, honey. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they're going to be uploading it to Instagram. Yeah. You know, at the, the drop of this guy who's seemingly come back from the dead. So what, what do you do with it? Do you make it realistic and modern? Mm. Or do you stick in the realms of fantasy? Bring back Roy. Bring back Roy. Well, there was going to be a found footage one in Snow. Okay. So I guess that changes it up a little, but I, that was scrapped many years ago. Thank God. Anyway, but yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see that where it goes. That sounds really bad. Just so you know, a, fr a found footage Friday the 13th film in <laughs> Snow, that doesn't sound good. No? Okay. Just me. Then. To me. I mean, um... But I mean, I'm, I'm, realistically, know, realistically, it'd be a requel to either this or part four, wouldn't it? Mm. Let's mm. face it. But if they do it to yeah, part and four... Drag out some actress pretending to be... Um, <laughs> Trish. 
pretending to be Trish. <laughs> or Megan, if it's from this. Or, you know, what if it's the second film? Or, or me? No, the first film. What if it's it... going to be something after three. They're not going to do it without the fucking hockey mask, are they? But what if, you know, they drag out, um... <laughs> What's her name? Adrian King. <laughs> yeah, I didn't die. <laughs> she can sell more of a... Her... Crystal Lake Wines. <laughs> I really want a bottle of Crystal Lake Wines. I really do. This is not an advertisement, but you should definitely go check out Crystal Lake Wines. Well, I mean, we, we haven't had... I'm assuming it's nicer than Kylie Wine. Wow. Well. Anyway, back to the film. Megan and her friends have a gossip about Tommy and Jason uh, when the kids arrive at the camp for the first time in the franchise. And yes. seriously, the first time in the franchise that we've had a fucking camp for kids, a summer camp, where we've actually seen kids. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and Sissy's like, we could rather deal with old Jason. True. True. Relatable queen. In the woods, meanwhile, uh, Jason has... <laughs> he's Dude, pulled... Are there kids at the camp afterwards? Uh, no. No, this is the only time. How many of them actually deal with a camp, though? The first one. One, two, three, four. Four isn't a camp. Oh no, it's a bunch of Four friends going to stay. Okay, so horny teens. The first the three, yeah, the first three, not part five. Part five isn't a camp. Part seven, it's not a camp. It's not a camp. Manhattan is eight. Um, people just have sex in the woods, and Jason goes to hell. Jason X is in space. Oh fuck, not that many. No, not really. The next time you see kids in a camp is the flashback to young Jason in Freddy vs Jason. Mm. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> we have kids in this one and they're obnoxious as soon as they turn up. That's the joke. In the words, Jason has pulled his trousers right up. He has tightened that bow and his ass is sticking out now. Yeah, he's padded. We get a close up. They they know what they're doing. <laughs> um he happens upon What's he gonna do with all that junk? <laughs> all that junk. And kill some paintballers. <laughs> Uh, he happens upon a corporate paintball game. He decapitates three players, crushes a fourth player's head into a tree and rips his arm off, and dismembers Roy, the fifth player. Oh, Roy. Oh, Roy. Um, this scene is fantastic. Yes. The fourth player, the one who gets his face crushed into a tree, uh, before that, a female member of the paintball team wins. Yes. And they all have to wear headbands saying saying dead. Dead. <laughs> Moments before they're all murdered. Yes. And the guy, one guy on his own, the, the face in the tree guy, he's like, oh, fucking women, women at the, winning at this game. They should just stay in the kitchen. Yeah, we, we support strong women. So her name's Katie. And uh, much to her colleague's annoyance, she's very good at paintball, despite <laughs> having a vagina. Yeah. Because apparently, yeah, yeah, those are stereo gender stereotypes. Yeah, but this is very much off the back of people saying slasher films were misogynistic. I feel like there's a little dig at that. Well, like I hope so. Rather than isn't this funny? A woman being good at paintball, no, 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 and no. men I've... not liking it. The joke is very much at the expense of the guy overreaction to it yeah because i mean let's face it that's what a lot of men were and are like yeah poor katie doesn't survive she though, doesn't does sadly she? but she does get her head chopped i just find it hilarious that the guy who was so pissed off gets his face crushed into a tree and 
the print of his face is a smiley face. Well, it's it's cut into the trees. His yeah. smiley face <laughs> is cut into a tree. So his blood smears this smiley face. Yeah. It's it's a uh, it's the, probably one of the most memorable scenes of the film. Def- yeah, definitely. So random, so random. It is. It, it's obviously there just to up the body count. But, yeah, you know, I I can appreciate that. <laughs> he uh, Jason takes a machete from one of the players, the guy whose arm he ripped off. Does he have a machete in each film? At some point, yeah, I'm sure he does. Because I feel like obviously back in the day when I watched them all, um, my mind sort of. Thought that in part two he had the, he just automatically had the mask and the mm. machete, and then obviously watching them again, I realised that he actually uses a lot of different weapons. He does. There's always Off a machete. Yeah, which one's your favourite? Oh, uh, that fucking ridiculous weed whacker or whatever it is in part seven that he just pulls out of nowhere, <laughs> just <laughs> just lying around. <laughs> Is yours not? Is yours the party popper thing from Part Seven? Oh yeah! <laughs> no, mine's the corkscrew. Where's the corkscrew? Where's the corkscrew? Meanwhile, Sheriff Garris uh, opts for transferring Tommy out of his jurisdiction due to Tommy's influence on Megan. Oh, someone else's problem is it? Eh? That he's doing that because he can't stand being around him anymore because he fancies him too much. On the and way to out, make the film a little longer. On the way out of town, Tommy makes a run for Jason's grave. Which the caretaker has covered up in order to deny any responsibility for the grave being robbed. <laughs> Tommy is captured and uh, Garrus' assistant, he uh, points his gun at uh, Tommy and says, iconic dialogue, wherever the red dot goes, ya bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's got a super duper Terminator, Terminator laser gun yeah. thing. What What's... What's it called? Targeting. targeting. Yeah. Laser targeting gun. Um, we see a horse's body has been buried in Jason's place and Tommy tries to Whose? horse. We said a horse. <laughs> a horse has been buried. Tommy oh, tries no. telling Martin to dig him up and uh, he's like, dig him up. Does he think I'm a fart head? And we get the best edit in cinematic history. It's one of. <laughs> it cuts to all the kids in the camp going, Yeah. <laughs> Tommy is escorted out of town. Well, um, the the kids are cheering, aren't they? they it's are. a bit of a cheesy moment because uh, obviously she's what's her name? Megan has absolutely no idea what to do with these kids, so <laughs> she's just like, "Who's hungry? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes sandwiches? Me. Are we gonna scare the boys? Yes." <laughs> and then it's revealed that uh, court is. Trying to show the boys Sissy's favourite sport. What's Sissy's favourite sport, What's Gary? That? Boy scouting. Boy scouting. <laughs> <laughs> Sissy has no problems no. in letting everybody know how dick hungry she is. <laughs> and she doesn't get any. She doesn't, unfortunately. She doesn't. Uh, Tommy is escorted out of town by the sheriff who warns him never to return and he says with all and this is the most memorable line of dialogue for me this is one I always remember from this film with all the grief you've been giving me you should be leaving here wearing your balls as earrings very nice <laughs> that night Jason what is it with like 80s and like wearing balls as earrings and yeah and genitalia references and violence 
suppose they do it now. That night, Jason butchers poor Martin, the caretaker, by breaking his whiskey bottle and stabbing him with it, along with Stephen and Annette, a nearby couple who just got engaged and happened to witness the murder. And he kills them by stabbing through both of them with his machete at the same time. Yeah. Um, the, who are they? Stephen and Annette. Stephen and Annette. Steve, Stephen is offended that Annette thought they went to the woods for a quick shag. <laughs> But he really wanted to go to the woods at night for a picnic to give her a ring. Um, and where is the light source coming from? I don't know. <laughs> Moonlight. They're, they start to get it on anyway, because, you know, that was probably Stephen's plan from the get-go. And he guilts her into it. Uh, and then obviously they get impaled. Um, yeah. Annette. What about her? Question. Mm. The fuck was she wearing? <laughs> I don't think it was that bad. It's a hideous floral dress. But like, you'd get on a cheap toy at the shops. Yeah. But in adult size. It's, yeah, it's it's not, it's not the one. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter, she's dead now anyway. Sorry, <laughs> I just didn't like it. Sissy plays cards with Paula and wants to pretend that one card is Jason and the others are cabins. And Paula has to guess which one Jason is in. Yeah, which I thought was a bit weird because it's actually kind of the aim of the game in the NES game. Yeah. That came out three years later. The LJN really badly received <laughs> NES game, which I tried playing once and it, yeah, it was awful. I hated it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought maybe that was a reference to the game but the game mm. didn't come out till three years later so i don't know if it was influenced by that maybe yeah soon after this a little factoid for you soon after this a girl called nancy screams because she spotted jason sissy and paula tell her it's just a nightmare now you'd assume this is a reference to nightmare on elm street but apparently to the director he named her nancy after his wife right it's absolutely a Nightmare on Elm Street reference. Come on. Yeah. Don't lie to us, Tom. Uh, meanwhile, Court uh, is courting. No. Oh, he is courting. Yes. Yeah. He meets with a girl. Oh, sorry, I forgot I was uh, 60 years old and used the <laughs> word courting. It's the only occasion you'll hear me using it. He meets with a girl named Nicola Parsley. <laughs> they have sex in a camper van to Animal by Felony. Sadly, not on Spotify. It's a banger. <laughs> I, love, I wish Parsley was my son. <laughs> Chris Parsley. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, Chris Coriander. That would be Dragnet. so good. Chris Coriander. Um, you either love me or hate me. I'm just like Coriander. <laughs> You're Northern as well. Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, they have sex in Camperman to Camperman. Camper van. Excuse me. To Animal by Felony. Camper man. Do, do we rate this as a banger? Uh, I do. Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, she tells him he's not allowed to come until the song ends. Apparently, the song goes on for 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, it does go on for 10 minutes. Um, What doesn't go on for 10 minutes is this awful sex scene. <laughs> so, this is the first and only film in the series, um, including New Line Cinema's films and the reboot. To feature absolutely no nudity whatsoever. There is one, this one sex scene. And reportedly writer-director Tom McLaughlin asked uh, 
actress Darcy DeMoss about appearing topless in the sex scene, but she refused. Uh, but admitted later he felt uncomfortable suggesting such a thing, but had tried to appease his producers. He felt that hardcore audiences had come to expect it at this point. And uh, people might think that this being the lowest earning film in the franchise has something to do with that. <laughs> I mean, your target audience, at, at, particularly at the time, you know, yeah. do expect gratuitous violence and nudity. And, uh -huh. you know, it, it's one of the... I'd, I'd never judge, and we, we never have on the podcast, I never judge if an actress decides to do nudity no. or not. I would never judge that. But surely it it would have been in the script, in the screenplay. Yeah. Like, this, before she got the role, mm. it would be suggested... You know, this is our only sex scene in the film, you know, and, you know, whatever. It, it makes no difference to me. You know, I didn't need her to be topless. What I needed for her not to look like she was bouncing up and down on a space hopper. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just like, slam, 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 slam. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Both of them look like they might as well have been... <laughs> reading it a must, book it, it must have been neither of them looked that excited by the prospect it must have been painful Whatever. for him yeah <laughs> just like literally like slam 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 um i mean he's i'm not has he even got his jeans down <laughs> i think he has yeah he has um and he's got his vest lifted up yeah. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> It's, it's, it is probably the worst sex scene in the franchise. It is terrible. And uh, <laughs> do you know what it was giving me? I was really, I was hoping that, like, they started eating corn. Yeah. And then popcorn it's very troll too. spraying everywhere. What's refreshing to me is the fact that Tom McLaughlin asked, she said no, and it was fine. And he said he felt uncomfortable asking. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is very refreshing. Yeah. From the stories I've read in the other entries of the fan franchise, like women been pressured into it or no absolutely you know. no no I, I completely agree and it it's you know i mean makes no difference to me no um but i can understand why their target audience would be disappointed mm. by the lack of you know nudity in it yeah I mean, they've come to expect it throughout yeah. the whole series i mean you're six films into it now so I couldn't, I can understand that. And, you know, if it's written in the screenplay, written in the script, if it's made very clear that it will involve that, um, then, you know, there is a place for it yeah. in horror films. Yeah. You know, obviously, well, obviously we'd never see a, a willy. No, no. In any of these things. No, we never see a willy in this, in this franchise, do we? Well, the closest we get is, is it Crispin Glover's ass in part four? Yeah. Oh, so if oh, you it's always a bit cheap. Yeah, Kevin Kevin Bacon's buns. Yeah. We see a lot of the guy in Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, we do, yeah. We might see us, Willie. We'll find out in a few episodes time. <laughs> a few years. A few years to go. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Jason has had enough of this. He's like, okay, court's not going to be out to last 10 minutes. I need to do something to help him out. So he cuts the power and uh, court finishes early. <laughs> Yeah, but like, doesn't really. 
It can't have been very good for either of no. them. The way they react, I mean, she probably didn't want it to last 10 minutes. Because no. both seemed very bored. <laughs> and then when he did finish, it was with a whimper. It, it was. He wasn't exactly screaming in no. ecstasy. No, she's fuming. Though. She's fuming. She's very annoyed. They get the power back and Court drives away and starts playing Teenage Frankenstein by Alice Cooper. One of three Alice Cooper songs in the film. Yes. Nicholas struggling to stand or sit still uh, in the camper van. So Jason helps her out. <laughs> He's now in the camper van. He grabs her, takes her into the bathroom and fucking crushes her face through the bathroom wall. Yeah, really what great shot. It is a really great shot. And the thing that made me laugh was when she's like being um, grabbed in in the toilet and Jason's like trying to kill her. Mm. She's making noises. Yeah. More noises than she ever did. <laughs> bouncing up and down on Court's cock. Um, but Court thinks that she's gone to the fucking bathroom <laughs> to finish herself off. Yeah. And he was like, hey, you want a hand in there? What are you getting up to? It's like, That's your first thought when this... you're hearing these noises. <laughs> the entire scene, I mean, like even when Jason's slowly walking to towards him, he's just acting like a fucking goofball the yeah. entire time. Well, what are you doing but there? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you could have asked me to join in. Yeah. Exactly. And then he's like, uh, but then he goes from that. He goes from thinking she's fingering herself to saying, oh, you're taking a dump in there? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And then Jason's like, okay, you shut the fuck up. He pulls out a knife from his pocket and fucking stabs him in the ear, causing the camper van to crash and topple over. He then gets out. It's on fire and he stands on top of it. So fucking cool. In the most 80s way It is very... I mean, Alice Cooper playing in the background makes it the most 80s thing. Yeah. And and it's crazy to think such an iconic scene uh, that very much the marketing, Jason, standing on top of the van, you know, the back of the DVD cover that's on there and everything. It's a very well-known image. And everything that led to that point was a lackluster sex scene. Him just going, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when the sheriff's men find Nicholas and Court's bodies, Garris promptly implicates Tommy in the double murder, <gasps> convinced that Tommy's delusions regarding Jason have driven him berserk. Oh. And we get some amazing melodramatic dialogue here. And one of the cops says to Garris, well, he picked the right dead to pull this shit. Happy Friday the 13th. <laughs> <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like, which so Friday stupid. the 13th? It's so stupid. I love it. Tommy contacts Megan to speak to her dad. Oh, got to speak to her now. Just want to get to want to get to Garris. I've got to speak to Megan. Yeah. For fuck's sake! Uh, but she thinks her dad will kill him and agrees to come pick him up to help lure in Jason back to Camp Crystal Lake. Yes. Meanwhile, Jason makes his way to the camp and kills Sissy by pulling her out the window and snapping her neck after she poured a drink on his head. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally twists her head 180 degrees. It looks really cool, actually. It does. And I think it's a good way of getting around the lack of blood. Yeah. Is making these inventive kills. Yeah. You know, they are memorable. You know, the Mm -hmm. the face through the side of the toilet. That's memorable. Yeah. Um, The head. There's one later, you know. Spoiler alert. 
Sheriff Garris. Mm. You know, it's these yeah. memorable kills that aren't bloody and over the top. Yes, of course, they need special effects. So it's cool to see, yeah. you know, the special effects team get their day in the sun. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I, I think the MPAA forgive it a little more mm-hmm. because it is quite over the top. Yeah. I mean... I, and comedic. I, yeah, I, I don't think anyone could, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I don't think anyone could actually twist someone's head 180 degrees like that. Well, I, I don't know what this is rated now, but I always remember this being the one that was rated 15 when it was on DVD in the UK. Yeah. Um, but well, I, I believe it still are rated in America. But yeah, they... I feel like if they had said it was a comedy, they probably would have got around it even more. This is the thing. And it's the thing with Scream. It happened with Scream yeah. in 96. You know, it was going to get an NC-17. Mm. Scream is a very violent film. Yeah. And then they said, you know, well, look at it as a comedy. Yeah. yeah. And then it got passed as rated R. Yeah. Or Steven Spielberg got involved. You know. Right. He seems to be the only one who can do that. Um, you know, if they'd seen this as a comedy... They may have been able to keep some of the violence yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's really over the top. It is. I mean, he's punching a hole through someone's chest. Yeah. No one does that. It's not. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not real. It's yeah. not realistic. Should I say? Yeah. You know. Meanwhile, Jason. Uh, yeah, he's killed. No, I'm going back on my notes. Sissy. Sissy's dead. Elsewhere, Megan picks up Tommy whilst Nancy spots Jason carrying Sissy's corpse away. Megan runs into a police roadblock. So, in a bizarre series of events, she shoves Tommy's head into her crotch, puts on some Alice Cooper, Hard Rock Summer, and speeds away with some great dialogue. Uh, like, his head is right between her crotch. It's like, that's what I want. <laughs> and then they take a turn, and it's like, this is going to be a hairy turn. Hang on. <laughs> and he still seems a bit uninterested. He's so her. uninterested, until... They run into his real love interest and they're pulled over by Megan's dad. Yes. And now we're talking. Nancy finds Jason's machete and takes it to Paula. Um, Does she? Oh, she she does. Oh, I forgot about Nancy, yes. (laughs) Not a fan. No, I'm not. It's quite annoying. Um, Back at the police station, Tommy says, you got me where you want me. And Gareth says... If I got you where I wanted you, they'd be pumping your ass full of formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde? He meant spunk either way. Hello from formaldehyde. <laughs> some more homoerotic dialogue from Garris. Is this where he says they, they, they just found your friend caught and some girl? Some girl? <laughs> some uh, girl. You mean Nicola Parsley? Yeah, Nicola Parsley. <laughs> Like where's where's Nicola Parsley from? <laughs> Parsley like, if family. she's from town, then the sheriff should probably the sheriff should probably know her now. Like some girl. I'm like, excuse me. It's so rude. You don't have a surname like that and get referred to as exactly. some girl. Exactly. Court. And and why is court so easily identifiable? It's, it's like genes. every other guy in the eighties. <laughs> Although his daughter points out that Tommy has been with her for the past few hours and therefore could not have murdered Court and Nicola Parsley, the sheriff locks Tommy up anyway, telling Megan he'll decide what to do with her later. Yes. Then Paula gets killed. She does. Um, But before that, Garris and two of his deputies head out to the camp to arrest Tommy's uh, other accomplice. Oh, yeah. They had some sort of... 
yeah theory that there was two of them, and that's why yeah yeah he could kill, but then someone else is killing. Um, yeah, Paul. I mean, Roy did do it a few years back, so you can't really. If Roy could do it, anyone can. I mean, technically, we, yeah, maybe it's Trish. Yeah. Paula tucks Nancy into bed, uh, but yeah, Jason stalks her back to the cabin and murders her off screen. Yeah, just we just get a splash of blood, don't we? And mm-hmm. then she gets sort of a f- head slammed through a window. It's, it's probably the most boring of the yeah. kills, yeah. to be fair. Megan breaks Tommy out of... Poor Paula. I know. We barely knew thee. Megan breaks Tommy out. Not a single ounce of character development (laughs) whatsoever. At least Sissy was, you know, she was a bit boy crazy. Paula got nothing. Yeah, she was a bit boring. So she got boring death. (laughs) Poetic filmmaking. Megan breaks Tommy out of jail by pretending they're having an argument and then snogging each other. Oh, yeah. She takes the uh, deputy's gun. Yeah. Tommy, uh, and then Tommy says... Where the red light goes, you bang. <laughs> yeah. Which is incredible because I feel like I wouldn't be able to remember something like word for word. So I don't, you know, like, a lot's happened since then, but he remembered that word for word. That's incredible. Um, yeah. So they uh, hold the gun on the cop and lock like, him in the I cell. I couldn't tell you conversations I've had at work today. No. I couldn't tell you. You know, word for word, anything that happened, anything that was said. No. Really. I mean, they weren't threatening me with a gun, but... Oh, yeah, maybe that might be a bit more memorable. Not today. Uh, but, yeah, they lock the cop in the cell and they rush to the camp. Whilst Jason walks into the girl's cabin and spots Nancy <laughs> watching him. He leans towards her and she starts praying. He hears the police and scrams. Uh, but then when she opens her eyes after praying, he's gone. So it's the power of Jesus. The power of Christ <laughs> compels you. Is this where the kids, are, the other kids are hiding under the bed? No, it's a little later on. Oh, okay. Uh, Gareth finds Paula and Sissy's cabin covered in blood. The fuck knows what he did to Paula, but like, I swear there's a bit of brain on the floor somewhere. Like, it is covered in blood. Well, okay. Like, everywhere. How much blood does she have in her? Well, probably replace the personality. Yeah. Jason kills the other cops. You can't have a personality. You might as well have some blood. Jason kills the other cops. One by a knife throw to the head. Yeah, I quite <laughs> enjoyed that one. But and even... that was the game. You can do that, yeah, can't you? Yeah. I think the other one's even better, though. Where he just crushes a guy's skull. Yes, that was better. The first one was good. Yeah. This one was better. Yeah. Gareth puts... Uh... I'm allowed to like more than one thing. I know, I say what I prefer. <laughs> Gareth puts all of the kids in one cabin. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and instructs them to hide under the beds. Gareth then finds Jason, shoots him multiple times, but it's no use. Jason continues to fast walk after him. Well, it's not called a fast walk, is it? Jason walk. It's teleporting. Sporting mum in the morning. Sporting mum in the morning walk. walk. He's copying what he saw Trish do. Go for a power. <laughs> oh my god. Trish and her mum. Oh, that, that, my favourite scene from any Friday the 13th <laughs> film. Trish and her mum power walking through the woods. <laughs> Garrus then finds... Uh, no, just had that. Why am I getting my notes mixed up? Megan and Tommy arrive. Uh, Tommy takes his gasoline tank to the dock whilst Megan comforts the kids. Uh, and then this is when we get a line from the dead meat introduction. Yes. Yeah, where the kid goes, what do you think? And everyone says, I think we're dead meat. 
Megan then tries to find her dad. Doesn't he say, what did you want to be when you grow I'm up? I'm getting there. I'm oh, getting there. Am I? Megan finds Sissy's head in the dad's police car. Oh, no. Um, and then that's when we get real dead meat. And the other kid goes, so what were you going to be when you grow up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jason hears Megan calling for her dad and attempts to go find her. But her dad charges at him and tries to stop him. And he kills him by fucking snapping his body in half. Yes. I swear that's the same kill we get in Freddy vs. Jason. The bed. Oh, yeah. No, so it's obviously similar. Yeah. 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 Good God Almighty, he is broken in half. He is. As God is my witness, the, he is broken in half. Let's face it. Half. This entire film, Garrus wanted a man to snap him in half. And he finally got his wish. And it was Jason, of all people. Mask for mask. <laughs> you mean split in half. Well, same thing. Jason goes to the kid's cabin and walks straight through the door. <laughs> Megan runs back to the cabin and then he walks straight through the fucking wall. <laughs> like, he is just a machine now. He just walks through fucking walls. Terminator style. Yeah. Uh, Jason's about to kill Megan when Tommy <sighs> calls, him, calls to him from a boat out on the lake and starts taunting him. Fun fact, many years, I was always a bit upset with this film because it's one of my favourite sequels. And I always thought that Tommy dropped the F-splur on the, on Jason. No, it turns out he was saying maggot this entire time. Who oh. knew? I never... I, I mean, he calls him a pussy. Uh, Jason, you pussy. <laughs> I'm not too fond of. But... Jason, you maggot. You maggot head. <laughs> I mean, technically, he is a maggot head. And technically, he has been in an institution for a long time. So it's probably all the best insults he could think of. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean... Jason is a maggot head. Uh, it's true. It's true. Jason goes after Tommy instead. He walks underwater and in a throwback to the original, jumps out at the back of the boat uh, at Tommy. But Tommy has surrounded the boat with gasoline and sets the water on fire. Ooh. It's a great visual, actually. It is. it is. He chains a boulder around Jason's neck, trapping him underwater. Um, but yeah, he tries dragging Tommy underneath with him. So Tommy's... Not weird. Dangerous. Dangerous. The word. Dangerous situation. So who comes to the rescue? Megan. Megan. Queen Megan. You know, all these men in these Friday the 13th yeah. films, they need saving by these blonde women. And she fucking saves the day. She rescues Tommy. Um, and then Jason grabs her leg and she runs the boat's outboard motor yes. into his fucking face, slashing into his neck and causing it to snap. Yeah. Queen. Tommy saved by uh, some CPR from yes. Megan, you know. All the kids cheer. First aider. <laughs> She's giving first aider queen energy. She is. And Tommy says that it's all over. Jason's finally home. But Jason is shown to be still alive when he opens his eyes at the bottom of the lake. Yes. Um, and we get the end credits we get the set. End credits. So he's back. The Man Behind the Mask by Alice Cooper. Banger. Yeah. Absolute banger. Yeah. Um, question. Yeah. All of this was Tommy's fault. Absolutely. Absolutely. He brought him back to life. Many people died. Yeah. Purely because of his stupidity. Yeah. Do you think he deserved to die at the end? Yeah. Knowing that he didn't come back for part seven. Yeah. I'd rather have got a really good death scene. And sort of sacrificed himself 
to kill Jason. Means Megan saved the day anyway. Yeah. I'd rather him thought Jason was dead, Jason come back and kill him, then Megan put an end to it. Yeah. I'm assuming potentially the idea was that he would return for part seven, the character of Tommy. But because this did the lowest numbers at the box office, yeah. they decided to go with telekinesis. Well, they're just going to save it for uh, the recall, aren't they? Bring him back then. Duh. Hopefully he'll get what he deserves then. Who do you think could play him now? If oh. we're talking about big name, big name. I feel like they'll just get Corey Feldman back. Really? Yeah. He would jump at the chance to do it. It would... Yeah. He's had his struggles. That could be his big comeback moment. If... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if they're going to get anyone to do it, it'll be him. Yeah, and uh, so maybe make the role... If not, then smaller. obviously Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, of course, yeah. Evil dies. And Jason dies tonight. Jason dies on Friday the 13th. <laughs> tonight. Tonight. Uh, but yeah, that's Friday the 13th. Jason lives. Yes, lives. Jason lives. Yes, living. He was living for that jacket that Tommy was wearing. He was. Oh, yeah, look... <laughs> I do want that jacket. You owned one similar. I did, but in black. I'd like it in uh, Stonewash. But yeah, Jason Lives. For me, the second best Friday the 13th film. Um, I agree. The second best Friday the 13th film. It's fun. It's silly. Pacing is some of the best in yeah, oh, history. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't hang around no. longer than it needs to. It's just popcorn horror fun. Yeah. Mm. The characters are in... Well, apart from Paula, who gets absolutely nothing. Yeah. The characters are interesting, but... No one's really unlikable. Usually, yeah. we've got someone to rant about when we do these episodes. There's not really anyone unlikable in it. No, not really, because even someone like... Um, Chef, uh, Sheffield? Sheffield. Sheffield. Gay Garris. Uh, she Sheriff. Danny Garris, Garris. Even though he's meant to be the old fuddy duddy boomer. Mm. I mean, he's perfectly right i mean yeah and technically tommy, tommy has, did kill everyone <laughs> yeah i mean tommy did he has just come out of you know a uh criminally insane facility yeah. murders are starting you know there <laughs> are dead bodies yes yeah. um sheriff garris has has not seen jason in the flesh no and he might as well have done it yeah. Tommy might as well have yeah, done it's all his fault. It was perfectly fine. Jason was buried. He was dead. Yeah, if we're going to make a push for anyone to be unlikable, it's probably fucking Tommy. Tommy is probably, the <laughs> yeah, the worst character. Uh, but yeah, it is a fantastic sequel. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those where you don't even have to watch anything before it. Just shove it on. Just for a bit of slasher fun. It's, it's all it is. Yeah, really. I mean, you don't have to know all the Friday the 13th story. No. No, really, to, to watch it. I mean, I, I, w I would watch the film oh, of course. Order, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. But so, I don't have to. Let's get to the awards. Oh, awards season. Biggest right queen. Right after the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah, this never got near the Golden Globes. <laughs> Biggest queen. She just wanted a bit of dick. And it's not sissy. Oh. She wanted a bit of dick. She knows how to do a getaway. She saved the day. It has to be Megan. Has to be Megan. I completely agree. Sissy, a good runner-up. Yeah. But Megan... Nicola Parsley. Nicola Parsley. Third place. Well, <laughs> not if she's going to be uh, damaging men's genitals <laughs> like she was. Um. Yeah. 
Yeah, why Megan. does Nicola Parsley get his surname? I know. But no, does anyone Everyone know? else gets a surname. Oh, they do. none of them are as good they as Nicola do. Parsley. Maybe not as memorable as Nicola Parsley. Yeah, but Megan, she saves the day. She should have been the only one who survived. Yeah. Yeah, props to you. Biggest gasp, I have Nicola Parsley's bathroom wall head crush. Oh, I got the sissy's head twist. Yeah. Um, Although Sheriff Garris getting split in half. Yeah. That was quite a shocker as well. <laughs> Uh, best dialogue for me, it's it's a personal thing, and I had to choose this because it's always what I remember about this film. It's with all the grief you've given me, you should be leaving here wearing your balls as earrings. <laughs> I put uh, some folks sure got a strange idea of entertainment, <laughs> and that's camp. I have Megan's big camp police getaway driving with Tommy's head between her legs, making a hairy turn. That's camp. <laughs> That's camp. I put uh, Court and Nicola's space hopper <laughs> sex capades. That's, That's camp. Could have done with more popcorn. Ratings, I give it nine hairy turns out of ten. That's <laughs> off. I give it eight. Oh, excuse me. I give it eight strong independent female paintballers breaking gender <laughs> stereotypes out of ten. Uh, masterpiece, trash to be trash or basic. Now... As a film, as as a film, it's just uh, a good film. As a slasher film, as a Friday the Thirteenth film, it falls into masterpiece. Yeah, it's that difficult thing where I, it's not a masterpiece in my opinion because I do, it doesn't really break no, too much new ground. No, you know, it's not. It, it's formulaic, but it does what it needs to yeah. do. Incredibly well. You have to well. separate it from normal films. Yeah, but it like does that. what it needs to do incredibly well. I'm thoroughly entertained. You know, it had no right to be as good as it did mm -hmm. after part five. So, yeah, it's it's somewhere, it's creeping towards Masterpiece yeah. territory. And it's available on DVD as part of the Blu-ray box set and on video on demand. If you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out A Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master. Nice, good choice. Um, if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out Sleepaway Camp 2. Yes. Uh, a by-the-numbers slasher film that's funny and tongue-in-cheek as well. Also May, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So, if... Or April Fool's Day. That, I feel yeah. like that was very meta. Same year as well. Was this? 86, yeah. I thought April it was earlier. Fool's Day. Oh, no. Okay. No. So, let us know what you think of this entry in the franchise. We're Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Horror Court Trash on Twitter. I'm DeadlightGaz92 on Letterboxd. GazMo205 on Instagram. And GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm ChrisBarker823 on Instagram and Letterboxd. So rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. Like and follow and everything else. Again, remind you every episode. Gas Festival is taking place this year. It's getting closer and closer. Yeah. And if you want to know more, check out Gasp Horror Fest across all social media. Next week, Japanuary is back. After this brief pause, Japanuary is back. Oh. Um, and we referenced the kaiju in this in this episode. Next week, we're doing a kaiju double bill. Oh, kaiju trash the piece double bill. Yes, Godzilla, Gamera. Which one's better? Yeah. yeah, one way to find out. Godzilla, all monsters attack, also featuring the greatest kaiju in history, Manila, uh, Godzilla's son, and Gamera, super monster. I hope you're ready for some 
difficult that's camp decisions. Yeah, it's going to be a toughie. Yes, we'll be back. Same time, same place on Tuesday. Happy Friday 13th. Bye. Bye.